everyone. Welcome to episode 54 of Our Brooklyn Bites. I am Stephanie. I'm Leon. Uh, so, what do you want to start with this week? I'll tell you about the game I played this week, which, uh, for some reason, I went back to play uh, a Genesis game that was actually never released on the Genesis. It was actually a Mega Drive game, uh, originally released in Japan in 1994, and that's a game by the name of Pulse Man. Have you ever heard of this game? I've heard of it, but it's funny because you were telling me you were playing that, and I don't remember ever seeing it mm-hmm. back then, and I didn't realize it never really was released in America. Right. Yeah, it, it, because it came out in, I guess, 94. Uh-huh. Um, pretty, pretty late in the, I guess the, the console life cycle, because I think by then Sega was pretty well distracted and focused on the Saturn Saturn, right? coming out. So they probably didn't see much point in releasing a new Genesis game. Uh, so I think I I did hear that it got briefly released on the Sega channel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but I noticed some articles making that claim. Um, but I never had that, yeah, so I couldn't. Yeah, it's possible. I know Mega Man Wily Wars was on that, mm-hmm. but who knows? Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, though, they, they didn't translate the game for for release. They just simply put the ROM up. Um, but in any case, uh, so this game is... I, I mean, the reason I wanted to play it was because, it, again, it looks like a quality platformer. Mm-hmm. And um, that is kind of the kind of games I like to play. And uh, it had... A little bit of a Mega Man vibe to it, in in some sense. And I did get a little bit of that while I was playing it, too. The way he beams in, in the beginning. Or actually, he, like... It's almost like the reverse of the Mega Man kind of beam in. The way, you know, like, a beam of light drops down and then he appears there. It's this In this game, you get kind of the opposite effect, where when he's done with a level, you see him, like, kind of form a beam of light and he shoots up. That's what Mega Man does. It does, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like when he like first appears or something. But... He does that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he'll do both. Uh, so yeah, so it had a little bit of that vibe to it. And then at the same time, um, a little bit of the fast, like Sonic style play. Uh, because one of his moves allows him to like bounce around the screen, almost like a, like a lightning bolt kind of effect. Hmm. Um, so I guess a little bit of the background of the game... Um, the, the, the story of the game is that, you know, it takes place in the year 1999, very far in the future. That was the year of the Dreamcast. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's this, um, some type of uh, computer scientist, uh, or, you know, like, I don't know if he's like a biologist or what, but apparently he was working on creating, um, like artificial life in the computer. And uh, he produced actually a, a female uh, life form that he uh, got very attached to, uh, and ended up um, entering the computer memory to be with her. So somehow they don't explain how this process works. Yeah, this is starting to get weird. <laughs> yeah. So this. So, so apparently they they call they call this form of life sea life, and uh, I'm not sure what that's a reference to, but. But basically, the the scientist and the artificial girl had had a had a had an offspring, and that offspring is you know the the character that you play in the game became known as Pulse Man, and so because he's half biological and half computer life, he can move between the real world and the computer world at will. 
this is an ability that he has mm. as a result of uh, their union. Um, so, in addition to that, um, these uh, sort of uh, uh, there's this criminal organization in the game called the Galaxy Gang, and they're performing various criminal acts throughout the world. So yeah, for some reason, it's it's your job to to, to face the Galaxy Gang and and address their their criminal acts. Mm-hmm. And uh, this I, I, this sounds like this occurs in the year 2015. So the actual game takes place in 2015. So presumably. Uh, so wait, so what's the 1999 part? That was when the scientist first oh. like uh, met his computer love. Okay. <laughs> So I guess Pulseman is approximately 15 or 16 huh. years old. Okay, so this is actually like the present day, mm-hmm. sort of. Exactly. Right. Uh, so uh, the, the the scientist that I'm that I'm mentioning is uh, na- someone by the name of Doctor Yoshiyama. Uh, however, the guy that you're fighting against is named Doc Waruyama, and there is some speculation that it is in fact the same person. Hmm. So, you know, the story doesn't mention what happened to the scientist. He might have become this evil mastermind as a result of entering the computer world. Not, not, not sure. It's not, it's not made 100% clear. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, so Pulse Man is the character that you control. Um, he's got this kind of red-orange helmet with like a spike going down the center. Uh this, the, your basic controls are, uh, you know, B to attack, C to jump, and uh, the A button is used for um, something, what, for his special ability. He's got a special ability, which is uh, this uh, thing that is called Vault Tecker. And this is a move that he does in the game where he becomes sort of like this ball of energy and can bounce around the screen. Hmm. And um, he'll say that every time he does oh, that. Boy. Uh-huh. So it's like there's a little bit of a speech in the game, a little bit of the scratchy audio that you're used to. Uh, you know, he, he basically in order to do that move, he's got to charge up so that he's got this sort of uh, vault charge around him. Um, he, he charges up as he runs, so just running in a straight line will build up that charge, and then mm-hmm. you'll you'll start glowing. You'll mm-hmm. see that you that you're able to do that attack if you if you want. Um, he can also do uh, a long range energy attack, uh, I think called flash arrow. So if he's charged up and he throws a punch, he'll instead throw like a ball of energy that can go across the screen and hit enemies. Uh, so <laughs> once he does that voltaker attack, he sort of uh, bounces around and I, the first thing that I found funny is that he kind of looks like a fried egg when he does that. I don't know why they chose to go with that look, because it's, it's kind of like a white outline with like a yellow-orange ball in the center. Yeah. So it looks very much like an egg to me. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, and double tapping forward also gives you like a dash maneuver, uh, which will also charge you up and make it ready. You know, make, you, you're ready to do that attack if you need to. Hmm. When you're dashing, though, it doesn't you could run into enemies and it will harm you. So it's not like an attack. Like that dash is just sort of um, a quick way for you, for you to like reposition yourself. But you're still vulnerable when you do that. Um, and there's like a status indicator um, that also flashes in the corner that, that shows that you're ready to, to do that attack. Um, I think it's also used to indicate your health. 
you can take up to um, two hits, and then the third one will will defeat you. Uh-huh. Um, so I think uh, also ducking down will give you like a sidekick, and I haven't really used that one too much. Um, also, you can do a jump kick by pushing up and attacking, but I didn't find myself doing that too often either. Um, so you can also pick up these uh, spark balls. These are like little power-ups that you find along the way. Um, if you get 10 of them, you get an extra life. So that's usually the reason to go after those. And, um, so the first, the first stage, uh, I should say the game is uh, set up in, uh, different stages. There's actually seven different stages. And when the game starts, you have a choice of three different of the first three. So you can play the first three in any order you want. Um, the first stage is Japan. The second one is India. And the third one is the USA. Uh, Once you complete those three stages, you get another three, which you can also then play in any order. Um, They're basically different uh, criminal cases that occur. So you decide how you want to handle those. I just did them in the numbered order that they they showed up in. So the first one was uh, in Japan. And you're told that the Galaxy Gang plans to use electromagnetic waves from the TV station to control people. So they're taking over this TV station and they want to use the broadcast to like okay. brainwash the population. Um, you know, this gargly sampled voice comes on. Um, there's this girl who sort of uh, gives you your missions and gives you like little briefings. And, um, you know, she's, she'll say crime in progress and you have to kind of, you know, react to that news. Uh, so the enemies that I see in the first stage are like robotic mice with wheels and a giant floating cat head that's like kind of robotic looking also. And uh, the interesting thing is you see a monitor that you can jump into that says in on it. And then you enter the sort of the computer world. So that's like an example of, uh, of Pulse Man using his abilities. And while you're in that world, uh, you see like the backgrounds look like uh, like circuit uh, diagrams. Mm-hmm. You see like logic gates and stuff. And, um, it's like, like in the foreground. Yeah. And well, it's like in the background against the wall oh, okay. and the platforms that you run on, they look like green PCBs with like chips in them and, um, you know, transistors and the enemies have a kind of like a techno look to them too. There's like a bird that flies by and this icy chip that crawls on the ground. that looks like a bug sort of. Um, and, uh, you can sometimes run behind the blocks that, that make up the level. You can kind of run into them. Um, I think if you land a certain way on them, you can do that. But usually there's like power-ups and other like health restores and other, those type of things like hidden in the walls. You can, you can find like a little pathway to get to them. Uh, you can usually see them off the sc- Like if you pass that, that point in the screen and you see one, you're like, oh, okay, there must be a way to get to it. And usually there is a way to backtrack and maybe find your way in. Uh, the backgrounds in the real world Tokyo are uh, pretty simple, but they have like a cool sort of nineties cyberpunk vibe to them. There's like little billboards and things in the background, like with Sega on it. Um, and you finally get to the TV station, uh, and it says, uh, rhythmical wave TV. (laughs) What does that mean? I guess, I guess they meant rhythmical, but they used an S instead. Uh, so it's like Channel 9, apparently. It's the local Channel 9. 
you enter the TV studio and you see like studio personnel laying around on the floor and they're kind of knocked out. So you know something's fishy. And uh, these floating TV monitors start attacking you. And uh, you get into this fight with this uh, mysterious figure who kind of laughs at you right before you enter like the TV. And, um, <clears throat> you know, she, the, you get a warning. The girl says, be careful. And like this, this kind of this vector shaped fist forms. So it kind of looks like vector graphics mm-hmm. and, uh, it starts smashing all the colored blocks that you're standing on. And I think the colored blocks are, they, they're, they're all like red, green, and blue. So I think they're meant to represent the phosphors of like a CRT monitor. You know, you see this uh, sort of this mystery man wearing VR goggles once you kind of defeat the hand. And um, you exit the screen and you kind of have to, like, then knock him out. Uh, The the station is then back on the air once you defeat him. And this news reporter comes on and, you know, you get like a little cutscene. And she says, like, due to the efforts of Pulse Man, the case was completely (laughs) solved. (laughs) And that's actually all the voice in the game is actually voiced in English. Oh, she actually—it's actually voiced. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She actually says that. So, um, yeah, it's for some reason like even though the text is in Japanese normally in the game, um, there is like English voice. Now, I should say that I did play a a fan translation of the game. Uh, I actually got a, a translated ROM that converted all the Japanese text. Initially, I started playing the Japanese version, and then I noticed that there is a fan-translated version. Hmm. So I figured, let me let me switch over to that. And uh, amazingly, my game saves carried over, so that was no problem. <clears throat> um, now, after you complete a stage, you get a little uh, bonus stage. So, yeah, so you get this bonus game at the end, and it's it's like a little, you know, breakout minigame. And usually there's some type of, like, uh, you know, like power-up items near the top of the screen. Uh, You get a little bonus if you clear all the blocks. It starts off pretty easy, but then as you go from stage to stage, those break it. The the minigame gets a little more complicated. There's, like, more obstacles in the way, and you have basically 60 seconds to do it. So if you get them all in that time limit, you get a big bonus. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just points, but I don't, you know. I I try to get them all in... Sometimes I've, I, I get it, and sometimes I don't. Uh, so the next stage in India, you, the little quote that you get, you get, uh, uh, you're told that the rainforest is being devastated, and they intend to mechanize nature somehow. But you're in this digital world still, right? Well, you can go between. Okay. So sometimes you're in the digital world, sometimes you're in the real world. Um, it's when you get those little uh, TV monitors. And with like a little, oh, and that's when indicator. you go into the digital when, yeah, world. Yeah, okay. uh huh, hmm. exactly. Um, and basically, the the backgrounds here are very kind of animated. The there's like a color cycling grid in the in the background. Uh, in this stage, you get introduced to the the ability to jump into wires. There's like wires like spread out. They're like rails. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use that, that Voltecker move to jump onto the rail and it will transmit you to different parts of the level. So it's pretty neat. Um, you use that to get over like spike hazards and, um, a lot of the, some of them get really intertwined and there's loops and you can jump between them by just using the D pad as you're, as you're jumping around. So sometimes some of the puzzles are like that. You have to like get onto the right combination of rails to like get out of the level. 
Um, and the the third area, the third level here, I mean, I don't know. They, they went a little crazy. They went a little overboard with some of the special effects in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get a little seasick if you, um, you know, look at this pattern for too long. Um, there's like... I don't know, there's these objects in the background that look like, maybe like pine trees, but they look kind of pre-rendered, sort of. They have that look to them. And the whole screen is like just dipping up and down as you're watching it. So you get a little... I can see how it's very easy to get motion sickness watching that. Very psychedelic? Some of them, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, even another part of this stage, there's like, there's like colored blocks and like pulsating background and everything like everything possible is like color cycling you know every every mm, object i like that yeah. <laughs> you, you do right uh-huh. uh you should you should try it then you should see if it makes you gives you a headache or not i don't know um but you do get into this area where it kind of looks like a cybernetic forest so it looks like they are literally trying to like um you know like i don't know sections of the trees have like technological looking parts so I guess they are trying to, like, uh, convert the landscape into, like, some kind of computer world or something like that. Uh, the boss encounter is with this, um, this like, cyber-enhanced tree that looks, that, that sends out these, like, kind of tentacle roots. It also will shoot a ball out at you, like a spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but naturally, uh, basically, you have to jump onto the rail so that that the ball is like on a on a like a wire of some kind, and you can jump onto it and then hit the hit the tree as a result. So that's how you could defeat that fight. Um, and um, you know, you get like a little the girl who follows you around or who appears on your communicator. She'll say, "Great job!" Every time you beat like a level. What's her role really like? Is um, she just like a news reporter? No, she, this is like she's like there as the news reporter is actually a different person. Oh, but, okay. Oh, okay. So the one the oh. one that's um, shows up on your screen, she's like kind of just your. I think she's like you. She's like kind of like uh, she might be like artificial as as well. I think her backstory is that she was part of the Galaxy Gang at one point, but then mm-hmm. she kind of broke away, and now she's kind of on your side. Uh, she might even be your girlfriend. Doesn't really. They don't really get into it in the game, but some of the other material, it, like, kind of insinuates that. Is she like the Pulse Woman? <laughs> I don't think so. Man. I don't think she can exit. I think she's only mm-hmm. in the uh, the digital side of things. Uh, so in the USA part of the of the of the world, um, it says Dakwarayama has been seen at a casino, and he's not just there to gamble. <laughs> So the the little mini map. So he is there to gamble, though. <laughs> uh, I, I guess they're, they're saying that he's not just there. For not him. just gambling. So he's going to do a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little. Maybe a little. Some slots on the side, as okay. well as his criminal mayhem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the little map that you get of the U.S. does sort of indicate that it's it might be near Las Vegas, sort of. Okay. Yeah. Probably assume. Hmm. Um. So you get like. Uh, you start off with sort of like this mini boss battle. This stage is kind of different. So like you start off in the desert and uh, there's this mech like kind of shooting at you. It's like on wheels and it's rolling towards you and it's firing. Um, And you pretty much have to push it back while also trying to damage it. And uh, once you get past that, you're sort of um, in this sort of crystal looking landscape. It's very peculiar. Um, but 
you sort of eventually get to a casino. You see the casino entrance at that point. And you see the mech rolling past the casino before you get there. It's like, it looks like it's damaged. Uh, and inside, there's like a full, like, neon kaleidoscope effect happening. You know, I mean, obviously it's Vegas, a lot of bright lights mm-hmm. and flashing signs and stuff like that. Uh, but again, this is like a situation where everything looks like it's being color rotated. <laughs> there's like roulette tables and slot machines, like, kind of being used as like the the decoration on this stage. Um, and, uh, I also find, uh, like a, a charge, a charge up, a power up that gives me like a permanent charge. So then I can, I can move, you know, jump into that mode anytime I want. I don't have to like do like a charge move first. So that's pretty helpful actually. Is that a permanent upgrade? It's permanent for the level. Okay. So you can basically clean, you know, once you finish the level, it'll, it'll go away, but but it's constant, which is really helpful. Um, and uh, basically, the the battle here is on the rooftop. You see, like the Vegas Strip in the background, and that mech comes back, but it's sort of hovering now overhead. So it's a, a bit like uh, you know, a bit like uh, the Eggmobile from Sonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that way, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, it does some stomping attacks as well as some like missile attacks. Uh, but, you know, it's not too hard to beat this one. And, um, like I said, the bonus stage that follows this is a little more complicated each time. Um, but I still managed to do this one. <laughs> uh, like I said, the next one, uh, the next batch of, of stages will show up after this. And the next three are in Thailand, Alaska, hmm. or Australia. So you can choose now which mm-hmm. one you want to go to. Okay. Right. And in Thailand, you're told that ancient ruins have surfaced in the Indian Ocean. And could this be another Galaxy Gang scheme? Um, you're also told, like, the doc will show up, the, your, your, the villain of the game. And he says water can destroy Pulse Man. And then he laughs. Hmm. Uh, so passing, there's a lot of there's a lot of waterfalls here, and if you pass through them, uh, it ends up canceling your charge. So if you're charged up, it washes it away basically, like it'll nullify your charge. Um, that's true even if you're taking a uh, even if you're shooting your ranged shot. If it, it like as soon as it hits the water, it disappears, and even your your Voltec or move will not bounce through. Um, so the first kind of enemies that you see here are these, like, kind of like these frogs. But they look like they're just the head of the frog. So it looks a little strange. Hmm. Um, but you, you head into the ruins, and, like, there's this kind of green slime-looking thing that floats around, and that follows you. So it'll, it's, not, it's not harmful to you if it runs into you, but it just cancels your charge. So these things get annoying. If you, if you linger around them too long, they start following you, and they just make it hard for you to, to bounce around if, you know, if that's what you want to do. <clears throat> um, the next stage is sort of, um, these long, like, uh, like moving platforms that extend like snakes. So you have to sort of jump onto them while they're fully extended. Cause then they end up retracting and you could fall into the pits underneath. Um, you know, kind of basic platforming kind of things. Um, the boss battle is this, kind of this big orb um but it's got these like red green and blue eyes 
So this whole red, green, and blue theme kind of repeats throughout this game. Mm-hmm. I guess, again, it's like kind of reminding you of a monitor. You... RGB. Exactly. Okay. Um, lots of cool special effects here during this fight. A lot of... They, they kind of mess with the vertical hold a bit. So you see like a, like a static screen that kind of starts ro- rolling and looping. and It's mm, cool. It's pretty neat. Um, this ball will also transform into... Uh, different patterns so sometimes it's like a it's like a mirror effect where it's like reflecting the the grid pattern mm-hmm. and sometimes it um has more of like a wood grain look or um like uh like a ball of water and the properties of it are slightly different based on its appearance so you might have to attack it slightly differently to defeat it um i think i don't know i think maybe they were trying to go for um like kind of that rendered computer graphics look of the 90s that era when like they were started starting to first kind of like experiment with like ray tracing and you know mm. that kind of that, that kind of look became more popular around that time mm-hmm. so it, i think that's what that was going for there um the next area was alaska and this one is like more uh snowy based uh you're told that a secret base has been discovered there <clears throat> and um you start off on like uh like this snowy cliff and there's like a lot of haze uh i guess because it's kind of hard to see and um you eventually get to a monitor which leads to sort of this icy looking cyber realm okay so even so even the cybernetic world is affected by the cold weather hmm. apparently um you get these like kind of these penguins sliding towards you and um they sort of will also are drawn to your position. So as you run away, they kind of slide towards you, but they're slipping on the ice. So it's a little, slightly different tactics to take them out. Why um, always penguins? Why are they always the bad guys? I guess, you know. The funny thing is that I don't think there are penguins in Alaska. I think they're in Antarctica. Uh, it's like a South Pole thing. It's, right. not a, it's not a North Pole thing. It's true. <laughs> At least that's how I... Maybe. I th- at least that's how I think it is. I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, Alaska's got, like, polar bears and walruses. They do. Okay. But I don't know about, I don't know about penguins. I think those are... Huh. It's like more of a South Pole thing. But who knows? <laughs> it's not my area of expertise. Um, so I think uh, here, you basically... Um, you know, you, you see this repeating pattern of, like, that Lawnmower Man-style face... You see that kind of embedded in the walls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, uh, the boss fight is um, with, I guess, another cliche of these type of games where you have to fight your, your doppelganger. <laughs> you end up running into this character named Vale. And he looks uh, very similar to you, except he's like all uh, dressed in black. He's got uh, three spikes in his helmet instead of the one that you've got down the middle. And he's, he's also got a cape. And, um, this fight is interesting because, you know, you can't punch him. He'll end up dodging you if you try to hit him. And even if you back him into a wall, he'll end up dashing forward and he'll knock into you. So you don't want to do that. Um, so the way to beat him here is you both end up jumping into that Volt Tekker move. And once you collide, he'll get stunned while doing that. And you have to hit him while he's like falling. Mm. So it gets a little more complicated uh, to defeat him. You just have to keep doing it until he's uh, beaten, basically. 
Um, and in the next area, um, it, it's in Australia. And uh, you're told that the Galaxy Gang is building a submarine on the ocean floor. So there's a lot of uh, rising and falling water levels here. And, of course, that becomes a big problem because any contact with water completely cancels oh, your charge. that's right. Okay. Uh, so there's not much you can do here other than kind of like avoid enemies and some of them are vulnerable to your punch attack. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, mines floating around that look like mechanical octopuses. <laughs> um, contact with the mine actually is not the problem, but it's just that they're proximity mines. So as soon as you get near them, they'll, they'll trigger like a, a silent countdown and they'll explode. Mm-hmm. So you just don't want to be near them when they blow up. Um, and you do get to use some of those wires to get across things, but only when the water level has gone down. So you pretty much have to, you know, use those wires to get across these big, these big pits, but only when the water level is not, not there. Um, and you do have to, uh, eventually get to, um, a point where like the dock is like looking at you at a, on a monitor, but you're going down this corridor and there's these torpedoes firing, and you pretty much just have to punch the ones that are in your path. You eventually get ejected into the ocean floor. And um, there's like a scene of a submarine launching towards you. So that's that's your next big fight. Basically, there's this big submarine with arms. And it has like these mini subs that it holds that throw torpedoes at you. Um, and also launches these mines. So your only move here is to kind of jump up and punch the mine so that it goes back and hits the submarine. Mm. And that's how you defeat that one. And in, uh, back in, uh, Tokyo, actually, you're, you're told, um, you know, it, like stage seven is revealed in, in here. And that, it turns out that you got to go back to Tokyo and you're told that the galaxy gang's headquarters is there. And this is kind of one of the more interesting stages in the game. It's pretty cool that they saved it for the last stage. Um, the headquarters is in this classic gaming arcade. So you enter the arcade and you see like pinball machines and arcade machines. And they are, they're all like, they're all made by the galaxy gang. I guess this is like a side business that they mm-hmm. have. Uh, and the first one, uh, the, actually the game that you enter is called galaxy gunner. And, uh, it looks like the title screen of an arcade machine. You see two, cre- two credits are already loaded into the machine when you get there. Cool. Yeah. And it's kind of presented like a side scrolling shooter. It looks like maybe a little bit like Gradius sort of. Um, but you're not in a ship. You're still there as pulse man. Okay. Uh, so, so it plays out like a regular it, level. So it, kind of, it looks like a shooter, but it, you're, you're basically progressing through it the way you would in a normal level. Um, there's like incoming UFOs and asteroids that you can kind of punch your way through. Um, and eventually you get to, um, these laser gates that you have to sort of, you know, it looks like it could be the circuitry of the cabinet itself. That's kind of the vibe I got from that scenario. And like this mini boss shows up that you have to pretty much like it, it just goes up and down the screen and like the center of the ship opens up and it fires like a big beam weapon. So you pretty much have to get your shot in to hit the center of it, like before it, it you know, like shoots itself. Um, <clears throat> and I think the next scenario here is, uh, I think it looked, it looked very annoying. Actually, it was very hard to see. There were like a lot of invisible walls 
and the background was just this simple colored line pattern. So the only way you could sort of see the walls is when the pattern, like it blocks the view of the pattern. Um, but the pattern like gets dim sometimes. So you can, you really have a hard time seeing where you're going. And also those, those slime creatures are back that cancel your charge. Mm -hmm. So it made it very difficult to see where you were going. Um, eventually you get to like this, uh, test pattern looking screen and a new fight starts and um basically it's the doc's head like the evil uh you know doctor who you were uh, chasing down uh he's got these fists that are smashing up and down and um uh, you know pretty much it looks like a very polygon art style even though it's all sprites um you know, there's like little copies of him that are jumping into the screen and you're also pretty much you're trying to defeat the fists like there's these two fists that are going with the fist yeah Mm. it's like fists but they're more solid this time okay (laughs) um occasionally he'll bring them together and he'll fire like this energy ball at you but it's not too bad to to dodge that Uh, you know if you defeat both hands the arcade explodes and you get like a little news report on the battle saying that you know you've defeated the evil doc or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so overall, I think it's a pretty fun game. I think it's got a decent, uh, you know, interesting mechanic with that whole Voltecker move. Adds a lot of uh, interesting things that you can do in the game. Um, I don't think it's terribly difficult. I mean, some parts are annoying. I think especially the areas where your charge is canceled out by the water. Um, kind of puts you at a disadvantage because it kind of limits what you can do. But ultimately, I wouldn't really necessarily call it a must-play. But I think it's still cool if you like mascot-themed platforming games. I think it kind of fits that role pretty well. How long did it take you to beat? Um, I would say three to four hours, oh, maybe. That's a pretty long time. Yeah, at most. I mean, I kind of took my time. So someone who knew what, you know, what they were doing could probably do it in like Does closer it, to like two and a half hours, maybe. Is it separated by stages like i know you said that well the stages but like sub stages so yeah there's different levels within okay, each world just, just checkpoints or... mm-hmm. right and is there a continues if you lose your lives um, or just game over it pretty much puts you back at the beginning like if you get defeated it puts you back in the beginning of the current level mm. so like not the full stage but just a okay. level that you started yeah in. Mm-hmm. yeah i guess I, I didn't fully run out of lives at any point so i'm not really sure what happens if you completely lose all your lives okay since i mean since that hard then yeah i mean since you all you have to do is get 10 of those spark balls to get an extra life extra lives were pretty plentiful Mm -hmm. throughout the game there's even there's like one up um power ups throughout the game too which will give you like a full extra life right away Mm. yeah um so the game was published by sega like i mentioned and it was developed by game freak now game freak is the company that went on after this to develop the pokemon games yeah um pretty well known you know pretty like a lot of the staff that worked on this game actually really worked on the pokemon series um in fact uh uh, one of the attacks that pikachu has from (laughs) pokemon is called vault tackle that's uh-huh. how it's that's how it's translated in English material. So that's a direct tribute to this game, the Voltecker move. Mm. <laughs> so actually it actually uses the same Japanese text. The, the katakana that's used to write out Voltecker also writes Volt Tackle. Okay. <laughs> so it's very similar. 
the game was released on the Wii Virtual Console in mm. 2009 in uh, the U.S., so it is possible to play it there if you wanted to. Of course, you can always get the ROM for the Genesis if you have the means to play that. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised they never released it in the U.S.? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they had... I mean, 94, they had a lot of games that were released, even though that's kind of late in the cycle. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Vector Man 2 was 96. And that's still a platformer, Vector Man. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird, because the game looks like... Uh, Pulse Man looks like... Sort of like Mega Man meets Sonic. A little bit. That's just the feeling I that's get. That's the very it. obvious kind of comparison yeah. and impression that you would get. It almost looks more like a Sonic game, though. Like I, it feels like from from the videos I was looking at, it looks to me like the Mech Sonic character. I forget mm-hmm. what his name is. Yeah. But it looks like that should have been his game. Like they almost had that idea and then they scrapped it and made some other character instead. Mm-hmm. Because even the whole casino level—that's like straight out of Sonic. Definitely. Definitely you get that vibe. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like bouncing around. One of the stages look like the Green Hill Zone a little bit. Right. Well, because you have that sort of that poly, that fake polygon look, uh-huh. like a lot of the pre-rendered graphics almost makes you think of the flowers that you see in Green Hill Zone. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I could see the a little bit of the crossover, especially since a lot of the creatures in and Sonic are also TV mechanized. And the monitors, it's also from Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Definitely could see them existing side by side. And it's silly they made so many Sega Channel exclusives because it wasn't available in, in so many territories. Like, I know New York City didn't have it. I, I had no idea about... I mean, I only saw it mentioned in magazines. Yeah, but, that's it. But I, I wanted it really bad. I used to, like, call up places, like, how can I get this? I know I contacted, at the time, uh, Time Warner Cable I had. Mm-hmm. And they just said, no plans. They didn't even know what I was talking about, really. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they sent me... Uh, a form to fill out, like to suggest like a channel or something to add. Right. You could do that. So I don't know. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. I got cable pretty late. Uh-huh. So I didn't really have a lot of those options that came around during that time. Um, yeah, I guess by then, you know, things were changing too. Things were, you know, the PlayStation and Saturn were on the horizon. So a lot of that stuff was not as interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess, like, even as far as mascot, like you said, mascot games, mm-hmm. those were kind of dime a dozen at the time, and they were kind of, like, played out at that point. Right. So, I mean, it was kind of shocking they did make a Vector Man 2. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't even think that did very well for them, because it was sort of limited. But uh, it's still interesting. I don't know. It looks It looked pretty good from the videos, but... Right. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to play. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty pretty cool. Well, you know, it's a quality game. As many of those games that came late in the, in the console life cycle, it took full advantage of like yeah. all the programming tricks. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, a lot of neat graphical effects in this game. Mm-hmm. Even when you first turn it on, like the Sega logo comes up, but it's not like the typical blue Sega logo. It you see like a kind of a black outline, and you see like kind of red sparks run through it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes like the... I used to like that. The traditional. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... I, I missed that. Little little variations like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's neat. Uh, always wanted to play it, so I finally got around to it. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, so how about you? Did you play anything? So I've been busy cracking away at the Tomb Raider game. Mm-hmm. 
it's not done yet, so probably next week I'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. And I haven't had a whole lot of time because, you know, that takes up a lot of time and I've been watching the, the World Series and stuff, so mm-hmm. um, not, not a whole lot of time. But, uh, so I've continued playing some mobile games. Uh, I'll talk about one today that, uh, you know, it's good to, I like playing mobile games when I watch TV a lot, mm-hmm. so it's kind of good to multitask. Yeah, it makes sense. So I picked up this game, Horizon Chase, mm. and this game is from Aquarius Game Studios. I don't know if they've done anything else, but this one is like a 16-bit style arcade racer, mm-hmm. sort of like OutRun or maybe even like Cruisin' USA, I guess, maybe. Right. Uh, one thing I like about this game is it's a full, it's, it's only like two, three bucks. I think I, I think I paid like a dollar on sale. But um, there's no in-app purchasing. So you buy this once, and that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. It has 16 unlockable cars. I didn't get that far yet, but um, I, you start out with, like, a, I think it's a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. It's like a red car. For, is it um, a Ferrari lookalike? It's probably not Maybe, yeah. Licensed. They don't have license for any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, like, the old school style where, you know, everything just looks like something else. Mm-hmm. You, even, like, you start off playing in San Francisco, and... It's not really based on, you know, it's loosely based on San Francisco, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the graphics and stuff, but the graphics cool. It's uh, sort of like polygon and pixels, like a combination of both. Yeah. It's done really well, but it's got that outrun vibe of like the roads have that like stripe effect to give you the, the, the move like speed movement mm-hmm. to it. And, uh, I don't know. It's pretty nice. Um, you have about 73 tracks. Wow. Which is pretty meaty for a mobile game. That's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is thirty two cities. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still in. I just cleared San Francisco. I'm like on the last stage. Uh, it's like four stages in that. Um, the weather does change as you play. So it's like mm-hmm. rain and you know snow. I was playing with the controller. It works with the MFI controller. Mm-hmm. So if you need like I know some people complain. You need you want to play a racing game. You want analog controls, sure. Even though you know in like games of like Rad Racer and Outrun and stuff, we didn't have on the Genesis analog controller. But mm-hmm. if you do want that, it does work with the MFI control pad. It's mm-hmm. good uh, news. Yeah. Another thing it has is the music is done by this guy Barry Lech. I think his name is. Uh-huh. And he did the music for Lotus and Top Gear and. San Francisco Rush. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Top Gear on Super Nintendo. Right. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but I'm not a big fan. Like, I should have said from the beginning, I'm not a racing game fan. I right. know I've said it in the past. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm the best person really to play this game and give an opinion about it, but I like the arcade style stuff. I like just quick, put it on for, you know, a lap and, you know, or, or a round and, you know, just have some fun. Don't worry about, like, realistic movements of the cars and... Things like that. So this one f- fulfilled that need for me. It was cheap enough to just put it on for a few minutes and, you know, just mm-hmm. race some cars. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a little surprised you were playing a racing game. To yeah, I don't usually. But <laughs> the price was right and the graphics are kind of, you know, that retro style, which I like. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple. There's uh, acceleration and there's not even a brake button. You don't have to worry about that. There's a nitro boost. You get like three nitros per stage and then... You can collect the nitro if, if it appears on the screen, but I, I, very rarely do you ever see one pop up, mm-hmm. and that gives you like a quick speed boost. And you collect these coins, which I haven't really encountered yet. At least I didn't read up about what those before. 
But, um, yeah, you collect those sometimes on the road. And then you collect fuel tanks, too. And you need to collect those fuel tanks in order for you to make progress on the track. Because there's usually, like, three laps. Mm -hmm. But you're burning off fuel as you're racing, so you want to collect those fuel tanks. Mm. Uh, As you play, you'll unlock these bonus stages. And when you play the bonus stage, you're going to unlock upgrades for your car. Mm -hmm. So you can upgrade your steering, your engine... Or your Nitro Boost. And you can build that up and kind of, you know, evolve that way. Mm, so it's not, cool. you know, it's a little bit more than an arcade racer, but you could just play it, you know, arcade style too. Right. It's good. Not bad. Yeah, I definitely would recommend it. Mm, I gotta add that to my list. If, if you, I don't know, but like I said, I'm not a big heavy into arcade racers. I mean, if, if I go back in time, I'm trying to think of like some racing games that I played a lot. I played Super Monaco GP on Genesis. Mm-hmm. I played Rad Racer a lot, Night Driver on Atari. <laughs> of course. Of, of like that, like behind the, the car view. Yeah. Outrun on Sega Master System. Those mm. were like some of my benchmarks for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Rad Racer on PlayStation. And Rad Racer, um, Ridge Racer. Oh, Ridge Racer, sure. On, on PlayStation 1 and Wipeout XL. Right. Yeah, those, those are games. That and, are... and that's kind of where Definitely my I favorites. stopped, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, um, I do like the way this game looks. I'm gonna definitely try to play it at some point. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it does give me that that sort of you know a little bit of that that sort of cruising style. Uh, I mean, I was never a huge fan of that series, but I did like it. I played it briefly whenever I would see it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, it's got a, it's got that all those bright hooks. It's got that that bright you know type of music that's appropriate for this kind of game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks like it's something I would enjoy. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I have. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess I could. I should also mention that I spent some time this week on the Star Wars Battlefront open beta. It was the open oh, you beta. Did play it, okay. Last weekend. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Uh, well, it looks great. I mean, it looks as good as I expected it to, based on like the preview footage we had at E3 and mm-hmm. all the other shows leading yeah, it up to it this. It did look good, yeah. I mean, they definitely nailed the look. Mm-hmm. They, especially on the um, the Hoff level, where it's like basically a recreation of the, you know, the Imperial Assault. On, That's what, Empire Strikes Back? Uh, from okay. Empire Strikes Back. I, like, you're a big Star Wars fan. Mm. Where I'm like, I've seen them, but I'm not like a huge fan of it. Right. Yeah, I mean... Well, for one thing, I didn't really get to play a lot of that level because you sort of like it was it was considered the advanced level for the beta, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to sort of level up my character a bit before I jumped into that one because it looked like a pretty intense scenario. Uh, that that scenario is actually really heavily stacked against the rebels. Uh, you, you you know get a you get a random team when you join the game. You can play as either rebels or imperials. Um, and this is online only. It is an online game, yeah. Um, there was so basically the beta. I think it really only had three levels to pick from. There was um, like a sort of a beginner multiplayer stage, like the advanced one, which was the half level, and the other one was um, sort of like a almost like a training ground. It was almost like a a single player mission. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't set up as a training mission, but it was like it's supposed to be like you know. You crash on this planet, and the Empire is looking for you, and, you know, you have to, you know, you have certain objectives. Either, like, get to, like, uh, an escape pod, or, you know, 
like gather certain weapons or something like that. Um, but you still had to be online. You had to be connected online in well, order so, to be able to play that mode. So, yeah, that's why I'm confused. Is it a team battle sort of thing, or is it mission-based? Well, so the f- the first... I mean, the full game has many different modes. I think they have, like, up to nine different modes. Combinations of, like, just, you know, deathmatch-style combat, and then, like, capture-the-flag-style combat, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the first one, like, the first, the, that, that mission that I mentioned... It's sort of single. It's single player. I mean, you're not you're not playing with a teammate. You could play with, I think you could play with a teammate if you wanted to. So like, sort of do it like as a co-op mission. Um, but you still have to be connected online to be able to play it, for whatever reason. I guess maybe because it's a beta. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the full game will have that requirement. Um, but I, I did play. I, I most of my time I spent playing the the more beginner style, like. Uh, you know, team versus team scenario. Um, and basically, you, like I said, you get assigned to either the rebel side or the empire side. And, uh, you know, if you're on the empire side, pretty much you're a stormtrooper, and you have to, you know, pretty much there's escape pods that crash mm-hmm. and you have to be the first team to like get to the escape pod and then then defend it. There's like a timer. Do you have to wear white if you're a stormtrooper? Uh, you're in stormtrooper armor. So that's kind of white. That's your choice. I mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's what they wear. Hmm. That's their uniform. Well, I guess in the snow, that makes sense. Mm hmm. Do they have? A, you don't have a camouflage stormtrooper. Uh, you know, throughout different Star Wars settings, you've seen different styles of stormtrooper armor. Some of them are like black style. Like the Tie Fighter pilots wear black armor for some reason. You, they're in, you know, like uh, you know, there's like the the. Uh, bike troopers, that one, the ones that drive the speeder bikes, uh, they're still they have that weird mask. They they have a different style look, but they still they're still mostly white. Yeah, why? They should be like camouflage green or something. You would think so, right? Um, maybe it's one of those kind of things where it's like we're so ar- you know we're the empire, we're so arrogant, we don't even we don't even have to camouflage ourselves. It doesn't even matter. And how do they keep it clean? They polish it. <laughs> I'm sure when inspection time comes. Those guys always look like super mm -hmm. shiny. Sometimes, yeah. I think for like soldiers, it'd be all like roughed up and muddy and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This, you know, the ones that were operating on on Tatooine, the the sand trooper Mm -hmm. style, they were a little more grimy. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, overall, I mean, the impressions of the game, um, I don't know, it felt a little simple to me, like the parts that were playable. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a lot of variety in terms of like that that beginning level that I got. Uh, the Hoth level was more complicated, where you could sort of jump into vehicles. You could actually, if you were playing as the Empire, you could control the walkers. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I this is, these are the same developers that made the the you know the Battlefield games, which you like. Uh, I haven't really played those, oh, okay. but basically they they had a lot of vehicle uh, like. Uh, options mixed in with the normal stuff, you know, the normal uh, on-foot stuff. So they definitely hit the right chords in capturing that Star Wars feel. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if I would... I don't know if I'm going to jump in right at the start from this game. I think I'm going to wait and see. Really? Which is weird. Wait for a while, like a sale? I just, just, I just want to wait and see like when the full game is released, what, what everything it has to Hmm. offer. Cause it just felt a little, a little simplified based on what was, 
Well, just basically, you know, what was available for the beta gave you a very kind of limited peek at what the game mm. has to offer. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there was there was a level up system in the game. I got to level five, which I think is the maximum for the beta. Um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like it's not like uh, a lot of the other shooters where you have like a full sort of skill tree or you could pick a lot of different things. Um, here it seemed pretty flat in terms of abilities and things. All it does is it unlocked things like uh, like a jump pack. You can you have like a little rocket pack that will let you jump up mm. across the terrain very quickly. I couldn't access that until I hit level five, so that was a little annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> that a lot of my teammates did have it and were able to capitalize on that ability and I hadn't unlocked it yet. So, you know, you can, you know, when you level up, you get points that you can spend on different things. Like you can unlock new rifles or, uh, like things like grenades and things like that. So yeah, I really wanted that rocket pack from the start because I felt like it gave you a lot, a big advantage in being able to, to jump up onto cliffs and stuff like that, you know, give you better firing position. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was interesting, but I think I'm still going to take a wait-and-see approach. This was more of a beta, not a demo. So this is the game wasn't necessarily given to you to right. sell you on the game, but more test out the online features, maybe? I guess so. A little bit of a stress test for the company. Okay. I heard they had, like, huge, huge it's due numbers. out next month, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, um, like you were about to say... Well, so I think it, I think they use this as like a stress test to figure out how much load they can handle. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they've been in this game for a while, but nonetheless, I think a lot of people turned up for the beta. Uh, I actually got it on the PC. Oh, you did? I was playing okay, the PC so version. I got it on the PS4, but yeah. I didn't bother. Well, that's just I didn't it. Care enough to try it? <laughs> I, I did. I did grab it on the PS4 also, and the beta was over by the time I tried it. I, oh wow! I went to try it, and it said like can't connect to the servers. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess this was the last day. Uh-huh. So I, I did want to sort of try it out on the on the big TV just to see how it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, but these type of games, I tend to play on the PC anyway. So I doubt I was going to get the PS4 version anyway. I just wanted to sort of compare them, but you know, it kind of met my expectations as far as the PC goes. Now, what do you think was better, the arcade pod racer game we played, whatever that was, <laughs> or this this one? Uh, this one has a lot more to offer. Okay. I would say this uh, definitely gives you that Star Wars And it's going to cost you, what, 150 credits? <laughs> what is it? Points? Whatever that thing is? Uh, yeah. I don't think I'll be able to use my Dave & Buster's card no. to, to play this one. That's not going to work. But yeah, uh, I would say um, gonna, I'm going to keep an eye on what the reception is like when the game finally launches and then, and then decide. It's always a good idea, a good yeah. rule to follow. Yeah, I'd say so. All right. Right on. And play anything else? Uh, just, you know, more Rocket League. But oh, Okay, good. A good choice. <laughs> always, always filling in, mm-hmm. you know, some time here and there with that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so what do you think? Should I talk about what I got this week? Yeah, what'd you get? <laughs> I can't wait to hear. You're always buying stuff. I can't. I wish I could find these interesting things to buy that well, I actually want. <laughs> well, this one was not exactly a deal. This was just a new release. All right. I finally got um, yet another another amiibo that came with a game this time. Amiibo, wow. You're really diving. Diving in with this. And yeah. you bought the game to go with it. Yeah, so I got the the uh, boxed version, the bundle version of Yoshi's oh, Woolly World. Uh-huh. 
for the Wii U, which came with the Green Yarn Yoshi Amiibo. Now, you can only buy the Green Yarn one, right? And with the game? Is that true? I don't know. I thought this was I available didn't see at retail. Bundle. Is it? Okay. You saw... I saw the blue and the pink. Oh, okay. I didn't see the green. Really? I don't know. Unless that was just sold out. Maybe the green one? I, I assume that this is just, um, you know, a little hmm. cost-saving bundle. Because it's this was fifty nine dollars as opposed Ooh, to the normal fifty nine, huh? Well, I didn't pay that much because I got it from Best Buy with my discount. Okay, so <laughs> still a lot to ask for. This looks like a downloadable game. Yeah, it's a cute looking game. I don't know. I, I didn't open the Amiibo yet. It, it does come on a normal card. But how are you gonna cuddle with it? It's in the package. I'm not gonna cuddle yeah. the Amiibo. He's I might yarn. squish it. He's nice and, yeah. I might squish it a little bit. And it has a little loop on the top so you can hang it off your Christmas tree or something. <laughs> I don't know what that loop is for. Uh-huh. I'll probably open it, though. This will probably be the first one I open. I don't know. You might ruin the value. Um, I'm not going to sell it. It's actually serial numbered, too. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's, sta- it's stamped and printed. It is 15000 550. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. they did that. I didn't know that either. Good observation. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, embossed. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, so that was it. This is what I decided to get this week. Well, I like that amiibo very much. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to buy one yet. I might wait for an amiibo sale. Mm-hmm. We'll buy, like we did recently, the two for 10 or something like that, or two for 20. Yeah, so, so just to point out that this is not a like a plastic molded amiibo like all the other ones this is it's a soft soft like yarn embroidered yeah. looking thing. but i what i wonder and this is why i'm wondering if you can open it is if it is squishy or if it's just uh-huh. gl- like the yarn is glued on the hard plastic right like what happens when you unravel that yarn hopefully you don't why would you want to unravel yoshi uh what things happen sometimes well right you mean as an accident yeah uh-huh what if, what if you're you're making like a blanket and you need like a little bit of green yarn and you're like, well, maybe Yoshi won't miss. It'll grow back, right? Ears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is what? He's a dinosaur, right? He can regenerate. I, I believe parts. That's what he is. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so that's that. Okay. Well, I don't have anything mm-hmm. new that I bought recently. All right. So I guess we Nothing can talk about. about Maybe we can get into Some other series? happenings. Okay. Well, what's what's happening in the world? Uh, it seemed like a slow news week. I didn't... Kind of, yeah, right? It feels like it. So I guess there were a couple of things that caught my attention. Um, the first one was uh, this story about uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Ubisoft, yeah. Uh, so they put out um, this limited edition Might and Magic Hero 7 game, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, there was this limited edition of the game and I guess people didn't realize that there's, uh, supposed to be sort of this, um, I mean, obviously there's all these extras that come with the game, right? Like, I mean, it is a collector's edition, but the actual game itself doesn't come on a disc, didn't come on a physical copy. Okay. The game, uh, even though it was the collector's edition, it came shipped with a digital code that was going to be redeemed for the game. Mm -hmm. So you got this box with all these extras. Okay. But the game itself is not on a disc. Lousy code. 
it just comes with a code. Mm. And people were, I guess, visibly and notably miffed about this. They, uh, I guess, didn't realize at the time that they ordered the game that it wasn't too clearly established that it was going to be coming with a code and not an actual game disc. Even though it comes with a case that doesn't, that it has a cutout for a disc, uh-huh. but there's no disc in the in the box. Huh. Well, that sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Did they run out of discs or something? Uh, no. Apparently, they you know they changed the product description after people had already wow, ordered it. Really? <laughs> to, to indicate that it was going to be a digital download. Wait, what company? Oh, Ubisoft? What's yeah. Wrong with them? Mm-hmm. That sounds like bad business practices. Well, it's funny because people started calling in about it mm-hmm. and they started saying, hey, you know, I this isn't what I asked for. I don't want a digital code. I want an actual disc. And if I don't get a disc, I want a refund. Sure. And they're like, well, we don't offer refunds on digital purchases. And they're like, I didn't purchase a digital game. Right. Or just yeah. a physical game. Typical like automated response. Kind it's kind of, they kind of got that runaround for uh-huh. a bit. You know, people started saying nice. like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't even want this. If it's not on a disc, I don't want it. Well, I mean, if it's collector's edition, mm-hmm. it, that means collector's editions mean that you're going to probably not open it or you're going to keep it in really good condition and something that's going to last for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You're collecting it. So, therefore, you're thinking like 20 years from now, I'm still going to have this thing. But if you're giving you a digital code, that is has an expiration date. Assumably, most of them M- do. Most do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Like, that doesn't make any sense why they would give you a code, a digital code on a collector's edition box. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not not even just the game. Actually, the, the collector's edition came with a soundtrack, and the soundtrack was digital as well. Really? <laughs> it didn't even come with a CD. Wow. So what are you buying, a box? <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked. Uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty surprising. Yeah. So they actually did end up... Uh, you know, apologizing for it. Oh, okay. And, you know, they actually did end up offering some kind of compensation. They said, you know, we'll give you, um, you know, we're sorry for any confusion and for any disappointment. Um, now, the downside of this is that there isn't actually going, there isn't actually a disc. It's not as if... So they're not going to make good on that. Well, I mean, they just didn't manufacture any discs for this game. They ended up offering it digitally only. What if they... Gave you a disc with the code printed on the label on the disc, but there's nothing on the disc. Uh, I think that <laughs> would, would that still, be worse. <laughs> I think that would still disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Or what if you put the disc in and then a folder pops up and then it's just a text file with the code in there? Mm-hmm. That still wouldn't be acceptable. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so they said that they are offering complete refunds for anyone dissatisfied by this purchase. Okay. Um, and they're also offering uh, a compensation of another another digital game, a complimentary digital game of your <laughs> so choice. Like, yeah, just take one of other. They're not worth anything anyway. <laughs> Assassin's Creed, we got we got codes like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> to right. Give away. Yeah. So some of the games they're offering include Far Cry Four or Assassin's Creed Rogue. Um, the crew, yeah. Well, the crew was that other game that they had issues with. They're racing, and game. they gave out like, oh, just take one of other games. Yeah. We know this game stinks. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, oh, they offered Zombie as one of them, too. What's Zombie? What that's that? that's their uh, multi-platform version of Zombie U. So they so they they actually oh, is ported it? that oh. game to other platforms. Is that out? Yeah, they took the oh, U no, out. Oh, that is out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So it's out on PS4. As oh, well. really? Mm-hmm. I gotta check it out. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's not bad. 
Hmm. You have that on Wii U. I did. I yeah. did. Did you ever open it or no? I opened it, but I haven't played it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, anybody who wanted a digital, uh, an actual physical disc, there, isn't, there, isn't, there, there aren't the... plans to, to ship it. Uh, funny thing is that there was also a similar thing with the Halo 5 Collector's Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the new game that's coming out. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, there's actually a, so there's three different levels for Halo, right? There's the regular game, which comes on just a regular disc. Okay. There's the limited edition, which comes with a bunch of extras Mm -hmm. and a steelbook case and, you know, art book, that kind of stuff. Um, that also comes with a disc that even comes with a special collector's edition, um, print on the disc. So the disc has a different disc face on it. Okay. Right. But then there's the deluxe limited collector's edition the deluxe edition which comes with like a giant statue and oh, that, more statues that game okay. is that's a 250 and fifty version of the game wow and that one doesn't come with a physical disc either the, really the other two versions the cheaper versions come with a disc what but the 250 and fifty deluxe does edition does not come with a disc it's a download code <laughs> well, how do they justify that as the right thing to do i have no idea I can't. I can't even wrap my head around that one because this was. This is the version of the game that you're paying the most for. Yeah. And yet you don't get a disc with that one. I think the rationale is that if you get the code, you can kind of redeem it early, and you don't get to play the game early, but you get to download the game early, such that you can play it on release day. Mm. I don't know. I don't, that's hardly justification. I don't know. Yeah. Because the weird thing is that that limited collector's edition. Even comes with a steelbook case, but it's like, what is it a case for if you don't have a disc? Right. So it makes even less sense in that situation. A bunch of boneheads over there. Right. So Microsoft is trying to make um, some say, compensation. I was say X boneheads, but <laughs> you you want you were saying I was you were setting <laughs> yeah. up that that joke. I'm sorry. Um, so they actually have an exchange program in in place. If you want to exchange your code for a disc, you can. Oh, so they are going to make good on their disc. Thing. Right, but get this: uh-huh. the offer is only good between October twentieth and, <laughs> and November first. You basically oh, have wow. you basically have ten days or eleven days. That's not much to, to redeem that code. Yikes! If you've already redeemed the code, you're out of luck because you've already used the code. So you have oh, to, that's fair. So yeah. you have to send in an unused code, and then you'll get a disc for it. Hmm. I'm just going to send them random letters until finally I get the right code. Mm-hmm. Like eventually, like. One of those codes should work, right? I guess. What do you do? Email it, or do you have to like snail mail it? Scan it, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, okay. They didn't. They didn't specify. Oh, well, there is. There is like a little pack on. I was going to say I'll email them like a list of like two thousand variations of codes, and maybe one of them will be the right one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there. Are, I mean, there is something that you have to do to send it in. Okay. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's. I guess all this digital code stuff is making waves and people are getting upset. But I think, I think especially with the, the collector's editions of these games, it's a little, it's a little weird. I know. Like they're trying to get people onto this digital bandwagon stuff, but they're don't going about it the wrong way. Like they're just, they're, they're, they're like creating the opposite effect. Like mm-hmm. that's not the way to get people to get into digital downloads, you know? Yeah. Especially people who don't normally do it. Like, you sh- they should have given them the option when they buy it. Like, give them the disc and then give them the digital code, too. Mm-hmm. It would make sense, right? Yeah. 
But then that's effectively two copies of the game, isn't it? Well, it is anyway, because you have a hard disk. You can use that on any machine. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'm not really sure how that works on the Xbox One, actually. Once you put the disk in, I guess it, I guess it is portable in that way. I think so. Hmm. I think that that's where the whole uh, uproar was when Xbox was first announced. Because they didn't want to do any discs. Right. But, or, you know. Right, or yeah, it was a one-use disc. Yeah, one-use, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Very curious. All right. All right, well, we've got another story here about um, an interesting turn of events. I thought this story was weird because I would not expect... Um, Square Enix to support a fan project to this degree. Uh, so there was a big um, like fan project upgrade mod mm-hmm. for the game Deus Ex, the original Deus Ex, which came out in 2000, the year wow. 2000. Holy. That's uh, a long time ago. What, what console was that on? <laughs> that was on PC. Just PC only? I believe so. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically there's been a... a a group of fans that wanted to sort of upgrade the game. They had a project called Revision, mm-hmm. which uh, was upgrading all the assets in the game. Uh, basically, they were fixing bugs. They even, like, did some game balancing changes to, like, you know, because in the game, you you know, this is like a cyberpunk type of game. Wait, so did they do this for free? They did this just because who they has, love the game. Who has time to do this? I barely have time to make dinner. <laughs> And these people are rewriting a 15-year-old game? Yeah, believe it or not, these are... I mean, for, for a, lot of, a lot of people who work on games, this, was, this is almost like their, their little... Um, you can think of this as almost like their portfolio. This is like, hey, we, we can prove what we're capable of doing for games. A lot of people end up huh. getting hired after doing work oh, like this. Oh, okay. You know, um, most famous example I can think of is Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike stand, mm, yeah, started right. as a fan mod of Half-Life, uh-huh. and it became a full like retail product as yeah. a result of all the work that people put into that game. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you, you could think of this as like, hey, you know, you're modifying our game and whatever, but nonetheless, it gets a lot of attention. And so the team that was working on this uh, kind of went out of their way to make sure that they had permission to put this out. They didn't want to step on anyone's toes because Deus Ex is still, uh, it's a series that's been revived and is... They've got a new game coming out pretty soon. and um, Was that part three coming out? Uh, let's see. I guess it would be probably the fourth game. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so as a result of all of this, not only did Square Enix actually end up approving of this mod, but they even put out a, a press release promoting it, and it's actually um, available on Steam as like an official download for mm. the game. And that would be as a mod for the game, right? Right, right. So you have to own the game, but this mod for it is free. So we'll make it look more modern. Yeah. Okay. Upgrades a whole bunch of features of the game. Sounds it makes good. It, makes it's it a like very new game. Everybody wins. Because maybe people, more people will buy their game now who, ha- who haven't, like who passed it by. Yeah, exactly. Like a new generation of gamers might want to sure. give it a try. It's probably, you know, I mean, they, the, the new game coming out is uh, that Deus Ex Mankind Divided that we talked about. We, yeah. talk, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this isn't just Oh, like, this is where they had that Kickstarter... Not Kickstarter, that um, sort of... That pre-order program. Pre, yeah, the pre-order nonsense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I wonder if this is like a goodwill kind of move for that whole campaign that they yeah, kind of... Yeah, it's like, do we want more bad press or... 
Should right. we just roll with it? Maybe they saw this as a positive to say, like, hey, this will promote, you know, the, our new game coming out. Yeah, I mean, I guess on one hand, it's like, wait a minute, this is our intellectual properties and, you know, who gives you the right to mess with our stuff. But on the other hand, like, what harm is this really doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the game itself was, uh, like, on sale uh, on Steam as a result of the release of this um, mm-hmm. project. And it was, like, super cheap. I think it was, like, two bucks or something. So definitely worth grabbing. This is this this game remains on my list of things I have to play. Um, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I haven't gotten to this one. This and System Shock, the System Shock games, I have yet to play. I don't even know. I know of those. Those are like kind of the sort of the precursors to the Bioshock series. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You were talking about that one. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. So. So you have? Did you play any of the Deus Ex games? Uh, not, I don't know anything about not that for series. any length of time. Okay. Mm-mm. Huh? Yeah, that but, passed me right by. But I know they're uh, you know like fan favorites. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. Mm-hmm. So definitely want to get to that at some point. Mm. <laughs> and it's a list, <laughs> the big list. <laughs> I can't even see the top of the of the pile. It's so high up. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I can add playing games on Wii U games. On my PC, on the on that list. But you have a Wii U I do. already. I do. You don't so, need to do that. So maybe this is of limited use. But it's also, but it's still interesting that this is already a thing that's happening. And um, by that, I'm talking about the recently sort of announced uh, Wii U emulator. Yeah. Goes no. by the name of CMU. I don't know how to say that actually. It's spelled C E M U. Okay. Now. What does that mean? I'll leave that up to okay interpretation of how that actually is pronounced. Uh, but yeah, apparently some group uh, is in very early development. Mm-hmm. They've only sort of showed maybe proof of concept videos. Um, it is up for download, so you can grab it and, and play around with it. I mean, it makes sense that the, the GameCube and the Wii were easily emulated. So why not this? It's all based from the same. Um, some very mature and... emulation. Yeah, exactly. The Wii U is based on the same system architecture as the old Power PC, right? Still yeah, still Power PC based. Mm-hmm. So they've got a pretty good idea of how that works at this point, and I guess um, they were able to make efforts to, to sort of start porting that. Yeah, good. I don't have to buy a Wii U now. <laughs> I'm just gonna steal it's, it. It's still very early on. Uh, nothing is playable yet. I think they just showed sort of um, a demo of like a of like a eShop title booting up. I think it was NES. It's going to run eShop stuff. NES cool. Remix was shown. Nice. Um, but it was very slow to boot, and I didn't, I don't know I'm not sure if they even showed any gameplay. Yeah. They just showed sort of the dashboard and the and the game launching. Yeah, they'll probably they'll crack the case. So baby steps first. Yeah, look at the the Wii thing, and then like out of nowhere it just exploded and. Mm-hmm. That thing's running pretty good now. Yeah. So, I guess uh, there is a link up to download if anybody wants to try it out. Uh, yeah, I'll probably wait until it's a little bit more stable. Right. And actually play some games. Like, I don't need to see, mm-hmm. you know, a little kind of animated Yoshi dancing or something. Whatever, like, that default... De- Usually they make, like, these demos to show off that it works, you know? But right. it's not actually a game or anything. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's... It- I'm wondering how effective it'll be, especially with the, with, the, try, with trying to emulate the gamepad game functionality. Pad, yeah. That's going to be hard. I was going to say, how's that going to work? 
Well, you can play a lot of games with the gamepad. You don't with, need that second screen. With that nor- with the normal Wii U yeah, Pro Wii Controller. Pro Controller, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But then some of them really rely on the, the motion capabilities. Does it? and yeah. the, I mean, some of them will. Like so Star maybe Fox you will. Can, maybe you can integrate it with, like, an iPhone or something. Hmm. Like Bluetooth or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Hmm. Maybe. Well, maybe you can buy a secondhand controller. <laughs> maybe. And sync it to your PC. I don't know. They don't really sell those controllers separately, though. They don't, right? Mm-mm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was funny. I was looking on Cowboom. It's like Best Buy's sort of like secondhand site. Uh-huh. And they sell... I was looking at the Wii U section on there, and they sell the consoles with no controller. With like no gamepad. gamepad controller. Yeah, and I'm like, well, who would buy this? Like, where are you going to get the, the gamepad from? They're not for sale separately. Yeah, it's weird. Why would they sell that? I guess, like, they they must buy them off people used. I guess so. And the, they find out the controller's just smashed or not working. Broken or missing. Yeah. Mm. Strange. Very strange. Yeah, so very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a current gen console with an emulator. It's a really current gen, though. <laughs> Let's be realistic. <laughs> it is still for sale. It's so is Ouya. Uh, all sort right, of. all right. I guess. I guess that's true. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess uh, with that we could probably wrap it up. No news. Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. So. As usual, visit us on Facebook and leave us comments about this episode or any old episodes that you might have listened to, and we will read your comments. And we don't think we have any feedback this week, but next week maybe. Mm. And that's it. That's that. All right. Join us next week. See you then. Usually it's some type of uh, break. <laughs> what was that? My iPad acting weird. <laughs> What's that sound from? <laughs> that must be Pulse Man. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs>